Hello and welcome to the journalism.co.uk podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Granger. Each week we bring you the most interesting conversations from around the media industry and today we have a very special guest joining us. I'm pleased to introduce you to the newest member of the journalism.co.uk team, Osama Goish. Osama has joined us on a three-month apprenticeship funded by the Refugee Journalism Project. The project is based at the London College of Communication, part of the University of Arts London. It supports refugees and exiled journalists to restart their careers in the UK. Osama shares his incredible and inspirational story with us today, a journey which reveals how an Egyptian dentist became a refugee and a journalist here in the UK. He shares with us the highs and lows of his journey into journalism, from participating in the Arab Spring uprisings in 2011, to fleeing to Turkey two years later and setting up a dissident satellite TV channel, to being the journalist behind the so-called Egyptian Watergate scandal. In 2018, Osama was exiled from Turkey, forcing him to seek refugee status in the UK, which was eventually granted a year later. He is now gaining paid opportunities through the Refugee Journalism Project, including apprenticeships with Hot Topic and now with us at journalism.co.uk. We're really looking forward to working with Osama and we'd love for you to hear his story. You don't want to miss this one. That's all coming up after this. As well as great editorial content, journalism.co.uk brings you the latest jobs and opportunities from around the media industry. Our job of the week is a lifestyle reporter position at Newsweek. For this position and all the rest on our jobs board, head over to www.journalism.co.uk forward slash jobs. Asama, welcome to the journalism.co.uk podcast and welcome to the journalism.co.uk team. What's the working situation like for yourself at the moment? Thank you for having me, Jacob. I'm working from home for a year and a half now. <laughs> That's millions of people around the world. We discover our home. We discover uh, a very beautiful backgrounds in our houses, very beautiful walls we never saw before. So, yeah, working from home. I think we can all relate to that one. Osama, you've got quite an extraordinary journey uh, into journalism that we're kind of here to talk about today. Can you take me from the top and tell our audiences how you transitioned from a dentist in Egypt to now being a refugee and a journalist here in the UK? Oh my God, it's a long story, but... We're all all ears. (laughs) Brilliant. I'm originally from Egypt. Uh, I was born in 1985, in 30 March 1985. Uh, I was raised in a political family. They uh, opposed the, the dictator Hosni Mubarak, the latest dictator in the Middle East, Egypt for 30 years. And uh, I graduated from Faculty of Dentistry in 2007. I had my own clinic. I was a quality control manager in one of the biggest hospitals in my governorate called Tamietta. It's a small city on the Mediterranean coast. Um, and yeah. I've never dreamed or think that I will be a journalist or I will be interviewed by uh, journalism.co.uk today because I'm just looking at my patient teeth and try to do filling and crown and gain some money. So this only my dreams. I'm married. I have two children, 11 and 9, Nuruddin and Omar. Everything was okay until the revolution, 2011 in Egypt. Uh, you know, the Arab Spring, we participated in the revolution. 
we decided to talk into the street, asking Mubarak to step down, raising some values, some demands, social justice, human dignity, and uh, uh, freedom. So we paid price for that. How can we confront a dictator or the military scaf in Egypt? So two years later, in 2013, the military coup happened in Egypt, and they targeted me, chased me. So I fled the country immediately after Rabah massacre, who killed a lot of my friends, actually, died in front of me, the 14th of August, 2013. Very, very sorry to hear that, Osama. Thank you. So this is the first part of the journey. I fled to Turkey in 2013, and there I tried to work as a dentist, but it was very difficult because of the language barrier. Um, you must study uh, Turkish language for one year and then do some equivalent exams for another year. It's two years without any salary, without any money. So it, it was hard to do this. So I started looking for a new job. I found a new job um, in, as a cashier in a supermarket. And I agreed with the guy there. And um, that the, the, the day next, I will start my new work. But one of my friends called me and say, look, there is um, some Egyptian businessmen here in Istanbul, in Turkey, and they want to meet uh, us, the activists who fled the country recently. So I met with them and we agreed that we will launch a TV station to uh, reveal the human rights violation in Egypt and defending for our friends. A, a, br a brand new TV station launched right from the beginning. Yes. I had no idea about media. I had no idea about how to launch a TV station, but they said, we, we don't need any experience, just your experience as an activist, because this is a campaigning journalism. And we want to do this as a campaigning journalism. We want to confront this military uh, regime in Egypt and talk about the human rights and blah, blah, blah. So I joined the team of this uh, station called Mekambeline in English, we will continue. And it is now one of the prominent TV stations among the Middle East. Millions of followers and audience follow Mkambilin every day. And uh, six months later, one of the founders uh, talked to me and said, Hey, Osama, why you don't do the camera test and pilot for a TV program? I said, what are you kidding with me? I have no idea about what you are talking about. TV presenter? I'm just a dentist. I can do some research. I have some political activists. But... Journalist and the TV presenter, it's very hard. And he said, look, we will train you, we'll support you, and just, you have the potential, your voice is okay, you have the charisma, you can talk, you have the knowledge about Egyptian situation, just some training and you will do it. And yeah, I did it, thanks God. I became the main presenter of this TV. I presented then uh, a thousand five episodes in uh, this TV station. And a few months later, I uh, presented the proudest achievement in my life. Audio leaks from inside the, the, the office of President of Egypt, Abdel Fattah Sisi. And yeah, that's my uh, part of the story in Turkey. The Egyptian regime, uh, you know, Jacob, they, they deal with, um, they are dealing with journalists like terrorists, like a threat. So repression of freedom of press, repression of freedom of expression. So they sentenced me five years in absentia. They put my name on three fabricated terrorist list or so-called terrorist list. 
prevent me to renew my passport. Um, I couldn't uh, have any official papers, any official documents from the university, from any uh, any institution uh, in Egypt. Uh, so um, in February 2018, I was coming to London with my wife to a short holiday, and I left my two young children with my parents in Istanbul, and um, I sur surprised by the officer in Atatürk uh, airport. He arrested me, canceled my ticket, and he said, look, the Egyptian Interpol, uh, you to be extradited immediately to Egypt, and we will do this. I did some phone calls with some friends in the government there, and they allowed me to travel to London, but never come back. So I seek asylum and regard the refugee status. And your family now? They're... Uh, yeah, the, the good news, I'm now with my family. We got the family reunion, thanks God, um, in uh, August uh, 2019. But I spent 14 months without my children, without my wife, because my wife returned to Turkey to look after my children. And I was here with my parents, and I spent 14 months waiting. And every single day, my child called me and asked one question, when? When we will meet you, it, it it was tough. It was hard to just try to explain to young children, like eight or six years, that your father is a journalist, but your homeland, your home country, they dealing with the journalists like criminals, and they target your father and your father's life in danger. It it was very hard to explain that to a child, like eight or nine years old, but yeah. This was my life. What were your feelings at the time when you were there in the UK and your family was back home? Um, frustrated, depressed, and um, uh, I was living in Ipswich at time, and every day I was asking myself why I'm here. Why I'm not with my family? What is the wrong? What What's the wrong I did in my life to 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 live in a dirty house? The Home Office put me in a dirty house to be away, thousand miles far from my children, far from my lovely wife. And uh, yeah, one of my friends said, look, you, you participated in the revolution, you changed Egypt, changed the world in the Middle East, and you should sacrifice. Yeah, you should pay for this. I don't know what the uh, what it's like being a dentist in Egypt, but being a dentist in the UK is, is, is a quite a prestigious and well-paid um, job. You must have studied very hard to get that that job why did you give it all up in the end and, and pursue journalism absolutely this is the biggest dream now in my life to be a dentist here in the uk to to earn a lot of money <laughs> um the, the problem is we came from the middle eastern uh background and middle eastern countries so here in the uk we we should study hard and do some equivalents maybe studying for a year and a half two years and spending a lot of money a lot of money jacob maybe up to nine or ten thousand pound mm -hmm. to just pass the two exam the theory exam the practical one and the study what they called the british patient protocol it's an exam called ore so i i read a lot about it in the first few weeks and months here and then i gave up because i had i don't have the money and now i don't have the time 
I'm, I'm, I'm now I'm a journalist. I'm consider myself like a journalist. A dentist, it, it's uh, a part of my history, a part of my life. Yeah, but I remember that days, but now I think it's difficult to to back to dentistry again. Yeah. You know, there's a there's an English expression called cutting your teeth. Have you have you heard of it before? No. Cutting your teeth means to gain it's it's like your very early experience in a field and it's how you train to be that. I'm wondering what it was like for you cutting your teeth as a journalist. Yeah, in Istanbul it it, it was at the beginning, you know, as a child exploring and discover things. This thing is called camera. This thing is called script. And this man, his job is producer, and this man is director, and you are a TV presenter. And this device is called autocue, and you should read from the autocue. A lot of things, every single word, every single device was new for me because I had no idea about this. Mm. My relation with the TV presenters is just watching them in Egypt. But working as a TV presenter and then become a famous one, become a prominent one in the Middle East, a lot of people following you and sending you messages. It, it's something like a dream, like a new life. Um, so, yeah, but I, I spent my early six months in, 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 in the new career attending training courses with Al Jazeera Media Institute in Doha and in Istanbul. So this, you know, helped me a lot to not just practicing journalism, but also studying journalism. And what I'm doing now is this. I spent the last year and a half studying uh, journalism, attend, journalism, attending fellowship here and there to, to know more, to know the theory part, what I'm doing and still doing last eight years. Mm-hmm. You spoke previously about how your your proudest moment was that was that story. Can you tell me a little bit more about that and just kind of what it means to you, the, the leak? Yeah, it's, it's called CC Leaks. The Guardian covered the, the story. The BBC, New York Times, Washington Post. In the Middle East, they called me the uh, uh, leaks presenter, like Julian Assange, kind of. Uh, and uh, yeah, it, it's some audio leaks uh, were recorded uh, a, a secret conversation uh, between the high-level seniors and officials, including the president of Egypt, from inside the office of uh, Abdel Fattah al-Sisi, the current president of Egypt, they called about how to fabricate uh, lawsuits against opposition uh, members, uh, insulting Gulf leaders, and uh, stealing money from Gulf countries. So it was a scandal, like Watergate at time. So yeah, I presented uh, eight uh, episodes, eight live episodes. It was like an investigative episode. And at time, I start learning and read and train myself about how to be an uh, investigative journalist because it it, it wasn't just presenting the leaks. It was what inside these leaks because we just had audio. So we start to uh, matching this audio with some public speech, the president from his officer, his assistant, his deputy manager, and so on. And then revealing the picture, searching about picture and um, doing some research and investigation about the story. So we reveal a lot of secrets about the high-level Egypt, and it was a scandal at the time. Wow. That's incredible, really. Um, now that you're here in the UK, what, what have you been up to uh, in, in the journalism world? 
Okay, um, after the, 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 um, the first few months in Ipswich, I was frustrated and depressed, as I said, but I met with uh, a friend in Suffolk Refugee Support, an organization supporting refugee and asylum seekers. His name is Martin Simmons, and Martin helped me a lot to um, find a new opportunity in this country. So I volunteered with BBC Review Suffolk, um, I attended a working experience with uh, ITV News Angela. I start emailing uh, uh, newspapers here and publications about my story. The Guardian sent a reporter to Ipswich and interviewed me and published a very long story about uh, myself. And this helped me a lot against the Home Office. Um, and uh, then after I got my refugee status, I met with uh, Vivian. Uh, from the refugee Vivian and Veronica from the Refugee Journalism Project is an initiative uh, with the London University of Arts. Um, it's um, supporting refugee journalists in London to uh, bring into the, the, the industry here in the UK and find themselves, find some opportunity. So it was an amazing program for one year starting in June 2020. And we meet with a lot of experts from The Guardian, Bloomberg, uh, from um, doing some collaborative uh, cross-border uh, project with Hamburg Media uh, in his, uh, College. After the early months in, in this program, they said to us, look, we will teach you how to pitching idea, how to be a freelance, how to find an opportunity in the UK media industry. And at the end of the, the program, they uh, offer us a fellowship. It, it was a competitive process and it was a, a series of organization offered this fellowship. This is my second uh, uh, job in the fellowship. I spent three months with Hot Topic and now I started with journalism.co.uk. Uh, so it, it was amazing, you know. I have already the career in Arabic. I have already, I did a lot of things in Arabic, but it's it's a big challenge. My English, I know. It's I'm I'm far away to be a native speaker. I know that well. I can speak English, but I'm not a native speaker. So maybe I can't find an opportunity to be a broadcaster in English because of the language barrier. But maybe writing, maybe doing some writing stuff, reporting stuff, because I have the wealthy experience in the Middle East and Gulf countries. So it is a big challenge. It is something like um changing your career you know jacob because it's doing journalism with your uh, mother language it's easier than what i'm doing now if if uh, if an arabic journalist interviewing maybe i'll be more relaxed like now maybe fluent more than uh, now but yeah it's a, a bit of a struggle to 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 uh to have that professionally in language writing and speaking but I'm, I'm happy to do this i'm happy to to find myself a new challenge and have a success in english for the record i think your english is excellent uh Osama. thank you <laughs> <laughs> so uh, talk to me about some of that sort of initial voluntary work that you were doing when you first came to the uk that was voluntary because you couldn't get you couldn't actually accept paid work at that time correct yes because the home office restrict asylum seekers to work until one year mm -hmm. after the, the the application so it was yeah i spent just four or five months in ipswich and then i started volunteered with bbc yeah. radio uh, suffolk so how were you how were you getting by at that time ah yeah thanks for the home office they they paid us five pound daily 
So, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was a hard time. You, you, you know, Jacob, when you were a dentist in Egypt and then fled to Turkey and everyone and the circumstances helped you to be a prominent and successful journalist. So you had the money, you had the position, you had everything, and suddenly you lost everything. You don't have the money, the family, your work, your audience, your everything. You lost everything suddenly. And then the home office puts you in a place like stable, mold everywhere, and uh, it, it, it was a very dirty and rubbish house. I, um, I, I don't uh, want to remember the, these days because yeah, the house was, was horrible. But, you know, when you find somebody to just say, hey, here is some places you can volunteer with. In this country, you have a plenty of opportunity to find yourself. Just forget about the home office and start from the scratch again. Now that you're here, do you feel like you can just reinvent yourself, you know, find your calling, do whatever kind of journalism you want to do? Yes, absolutely. That's that's what, what I'm trying to do now. Try to do some freelance journalism uh, with The Guardian, with the university, with whatever. And now training myself with my new position with you, website, try to improve my writing skills, try to build a network with uh, a journalist here in the UK. So I think it's it's a very precious time. Thanks for the Refugee Journalism Project. Thanks for you, sure. So so the way the fellowship works, you know, they are basically giving you stipends to live on, right? The, the Refugee Journalism Project. Yes, it's a, it's a paid opportunity. We work a full time for three months. And uh, yeah, it's paid. And after that, we we can manage to do something with the organization we spent the time with. Mm. With with Hot Topic, yeah, I agreed with them to do some uh, moderating podcast in their big events as a freelance after I finished my fellowship. So yeah, that's how it's worked. Mm. What kind of a journalist do you want to be, Osama? Do you always want to be in the activism world? Do you want to stray into other fields of work? What do you want to do? I'm now in, in, in the last four uh, years, I... Don't describe myself as a campaigner, uh, campaigning journalist. No, I'm, I'm doing a professional work uh, in my TV program in Al Hawar TV. It's under Ofcom regulation, so I couldn't do campaigning journalism in front of the camera. I host uh, um, different opinions. I open the space for everyone to express uh, his uh, thoughts. So, what I'm planning to myself in five years' times. When I be 40, I want to be an international journalist, can write about everything, can write about British national stories here in the UK, about migration, asylum seekers, about whatever, and also can write about my home country, can help my people to get the freedom to, to, to live in the democracy state by revealing a human rights violation and so on. And uh, yeah, that's, this is what I'm... Uh, I imagine myself in five years. Yeah, I look. I look forward to seeing all of your stories on our website. What do you really hope to get out of working with journalism.co.uk? I'm now start working on a story about the climate change and why we are covering climate change as a journalist, and I hope this will be my first story with the website. And yeah, more to come. 
Yeah. Any any early ideas that you can share with our audience? Uh not yet. This is my first. <laughs> this is my first and second day, Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> so, just in in terms of what you've learned so far from uh, your early early kind of um, stages in journalism here in the UK, the various voluntary work you've done, the very various stints facilitated by the Refugee Journalism Project. What have you really taken away from these experiences so far? And what's really kept you kept you going? I think uh, the first rule to be humble. Mm-hmm. You will spend your whole life learning, learning new skills, proving your skills, learning in new experience. And the reading here and researching here, I think it's a key element for every journalism. There is a rule, I think, you know, it is not important to know everything about everything. But it's very important to know one thing about everything. And that's what I'm trying to, to doing and learning. Reading about Brexit, reading, reading about migration power, reading about the, the Boris Johnson conflicts three weeks ago. Every single thing here in the UK, because I'm living here in the UK, you know, how to, uh, how to be one of the, the community, how to understand people, how to understand language. This is the first thing. The other thing, it's um, here. It is not about your just relationship and contacts in the industry, but it's about your ability, your quality, and uh, yeah, your potential to 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 work, to learn, and to to show your skills. Because unfortunately, in our countries, it is not like this. If you know a police officer or an army uh, officer or one of the official in the Ministry of Health, he will provide you a lot of service and you will promote it in, in, in the in institution. But here, no. Here you should prove that you deserve this opportunity. Yeah. And uh, as, as a final question from me, what would be your message to someone else who was in the same situation you were in back in Egypt in 2011, a summer, uh, someone facing a situation where they just felt they had to get out had to try and find something else for, to do with their lives and, and the situation you were in. What would be your message to someone like that? Stand for your values. And it is okay to sacrifice, to pay a price for your values. But because we are standing to a precious values, we are standing for our country. And this is something very important. Maybe the audience now um, asking what are you talking about? This is something like Ethiopia. What is your country? Because, yeah, you are living in a, a democratic country. But in Egypt, uh, more than 30 million people under the poverty rate. So, yeah, we, we should stand for freedom, democracy, human dignity, social justice. So, yeah, I my message to everyone in Egypt or abroad, keep going. Keep going. This this fight is not be over until we got our freedom and democracy. To our country and our people again really encouraging words and um, i'm just really looking forward to working with you asama i'm sure our audience uh, are going to be looking forward to all the all the stuff you'll be producing for us over over the next couple of months thank you so much for jumping on the podcast and talking to me this week thank you very much jacob thank you inspirational words there from asama and very much looking forward to working more with him keep an eye out for his bylines on the website and maybe another appearance on the podcast over the next few months 
It's also great to hear about the work of Suffolk Refugee Support and the Refugee Journalism Project and how that's helping people like Osama pursue their dreams of becoming journalists despite the very significant barriers they're facing. They're also showing the broad range of skills that refugees possess and demonstrating how they can strengthen our industry with just a little support. If you like what you heard today, you can check out more of our episodes on Spotify, SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts by searching and subscribing to the journalism.co.uk podcast. If you'd like to feature on the show, do drop me an email on jacob at journalism.co.uk. But that's all we have time for. I've been your host, Jacob Granger. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time. 